We will start today's session with Raoul Meyer, founder and managing partner of Udemian Ventures. Raoul, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, and congratulations on the great success and mission with One Million by One Million. Thank you. So, Raoul, let's get uh, acquainted. Let's get you introduced to our audience. Tell us a bit about your background as well as about the funds. So on my background, uh, three prior lives uh, before venture capital. Um, I, I started uh, very early in venture capital during the crazy dot-com boom uh, there in the late 90s. Uh, I was quite young at that time and uh, was able to raise a small fund uh, in Europe at that time. And, you know, we, we thought we were smart and, you know, invested in some, um, in some uh, European and, uh, and U.S. startups at that time, but then obviously ran into the dot-com crash, which was a quite a formative experience for me. Um, had to rebuild and was impossible to raise a larger fund at that time, so became an entrepreneur. Um, built a real estate business uh, back here in Europe, which we were able to, uh, to exit on five years ago. Um, and parallel was with one of the large management consulting firms uh, before founding New Demon Ventures in 2018. So we are a Silicon Valley-based uh, seed uh, fund, and we invest in North American um, software startups. So we are really software generalists, um, could say bits of atoms, basically. And um, there are a few things we would not do within, uh, within uh, digital. So we'd not do blockchain, we'd not do crypto, not do gaming. But other than that, really, both consumer and enterprise is in scope for us. Um, and we're very specific with the stage focus uh, because we focus on the post-seed stage. So really anything between a seed round and a series A round is where we focus on. Okay. Now, um, how do you define post-seed when, and, and what I'm specifically looking for is what kind of validation are you looking for? Are you looking for a particular revenue level? If you're investing in SaaS, are you looking for a particular MRR threshold? Are you looking, if it's B2C, are you looking for a certain, you know, number of users? How do you define post-seed? Yeah, so I'll come to the metrics in a moment. So the very easy explanation for us is really uh, if somebody has already raised the seed round from reputable investors but hasn't raised an A round yet, that would be the, the, the simple definition of what we define as post-seed. Uh, also, from a higher level, you could say anything that has achieved product market fit to a large degree, we qualify as post-seed. And mm -hmm. coming back to your specific question on metrics, it really depends on the, on the type of business. So if it's, uh, if it's a SaaS business, typically look for a million dollars ARR. Uh, if it's a uh, consumer business, usually 20,000 daily active users is a threshold that we like to like to see. And if it's more yeah. like e-commerce or uh, marketplaces, usually 5 million GMB is a good threshold for us. Okay, got it. All right. So, um, and you're you're looking for North America companies, or are you looking for? Yeah. Yes. So talk about geography a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are uh, a bit special, I would say, uh, among, I would say almost, I could, you could say, uh, you know, the universe of USC funds in general, but specifically in Silicon Valley, because we are building a transatlantic firm, uh, and we have been doing so from day one, but not in the sense that we would invest on both sides of the Atlantic, but more 
having a key investment focus uh, in North America and later helping uh, these startups scale into Europe, which we think is a must have market uh, as soon as you typically reach Series D level. Uh, and we like to, you know, um, be as helpful as possible in preparing the U.S. startups for that step. Very good. All right. And and what about fund size and check sizes? What's the fund size? What kind of check sizes are you writing? Yeah, I can't talk about the specific fund size because our fund is still not closed, so it's basically changing all the time. Uh, but in terms of check size, uh, we are writing checks of up to 250k as an initial check and up to 1 million total, uh, including follow-on. So typical seed fund size, not very typical for post-seed thesis, because we usually are a follow-up fund to larger, um, you know, early-stage funds that we partner with uh, that bring us in as a value-add partner, or we bring them in if a lead is not yet in place. So that's our strategy. Okay. And and just to be clear, your post-seed strategy is on a new term sheet on a new valuation, right? You're not going not you're not putting 250k on the same terms as the seed. No, exactly. The former. Right. Okay. All right, let's do some examples of what you have invested in and as you were talking about some of your investments, talk about when you encountered them, what was the situation in the company, what drew you to this company, how did you find them, and, and what is it about them that made you write the check? So, well, let me just maybe start with an overview of our portfolio right now. I mean, we started investing about a year ago. I mean, we are a fairly new fund, and we have done six investments so far. And there's a pretty common thread across those on how we, you know, came across them and what we liked about them. So let me first introduce you to to our portfolio and tell a little bit more about what those companies are. So one company we invested in is called Grin, um, and they're building the, uh, they're actually the leading uh, influencer marketing uh, tool uh, in the market today. Uh, and they are solving a very, very complex problem of basically having uh, millions of SMB type businesses trying to reach hundreds of millions, if not billions of consumers using between 10 and 20 million influencers and micro-influencers. And it's a very, very complex, um, you know, uh, ecosystem. Uh, and they are, you know, uh, basically solving that both from a sourcing, but also from um, um, from an operations point of view. And, and we really love that business because um, we really believe in that market. And there are some other reasons related to management why we really love that one. Uh, another one we invested in is called Underground Seller. Um, move on to the next one. What stage, what, I mean, what did they have when they come to you and, and what was the, why did they come to you? What was the situation? So usually uh, the, the way we source, maybe let me start with that, is really, you know, because we're a new fund and we need to, you know, we first need to um, establish a type of top tier brand that those types of what we consider future unicorn founders reach out to us first. So the way we, we source at this stage is really via our uh, trust networks of other VC funds. Uh, and also, you know, we are introductions of some, um, you know, strong angels in the ecosystem who really introduce us to those deals. So that's how we source uh, at this point. Mm -hmm. And so in this case, Grin, there was already a term sheet in place by a large fund called Bullpen Capital. Um, mm -hmm. They are the leader 
you know, in the post-seed stage today, and, and so we have a pretty similar thesis, um, except for the fund size differences, and so that's how we got introduced there. Okay. All right. Uh, so please go ahead to the next one. The next one is called Underground Seller, um, and uh, they are revolutionizing uh, the way brands sell online, uh, which is a fascinating concept because they really think that um, discounting should be a thing of the past, um, and instead they are switching to upgrades. So they think that there are so many items discounted these days with full price transparency on the internet that that's really a race to the bottom that can't be, um, you know, sustained uh, for, for, for many businesses. And so what they introduced is really a gamified solution for never providing a discount, but instead giving random upgrades. Uh, and they started in the wine business. And so you imagine that, um, you know, usually you would shop for a great price, but instead in this case, you say, hey, I would like these two or three bottles. Uh, you, you get them at list price, but then you get one random upgrade and it might be a $5,000 bottle, Chateau Lafitte or something like that, which is really exciting to many people. And they think they can transfer that to many different uh, markets like ticketing once we are post-pandemic again uh, and, other, and other areas, which we think is, uh, is, is an exciting new concept. Hmm. Um, another company we invested into is called Resolve. Uh, they are a spin-out of Affirm, uh, the B2C um, um, payment transactions company. Uh, and they are basically uh, providing instant credit um, uh, between 30 and 90 days to SMB buyers. And we really think that they can revolutionize the way um, you know, um, instant credit is provided because today it's a very laborious, difficult process where you have to involve banks and um, um, it's just a, a, not a very uh, smooth process today and they're solving that. Um, Serial Box is another investment we did, um, and they are basically building the Netflix for um, reading and listening. So they are really transforming award-winning content and bringing it to you in a format where you can really um, read it uh, and listen to it in a seamless way and switch between the two modes. It's basically, yeah, uh, what you're used to in visual with Netflix, they bring that to the other senses, which we think is... Uh, which we think is a very exciting concept. Um, fifth company we invested into is called AdQuick, and they are revolutionizing the outdoor uh, advertising space. Uh, so basically they're building the leading marketplace for anyone who wants to buy advertising uh, outdoors to make it as easy a process as you buy ads today online with Facebook or with Google. So when you imagine you have like, you know, uh, millions of uh, advertising site owners today, billboards and other outdoor um, advertising um, opportunities, these are very, very hard to access. And they are basically building the leading marketplace for that, which we think is an extremely exciting business. Um, certainly post-pandemic, but even within the pandemic, it's, um, it's, it's, it's going well. Uh, and the last company we invested into recently is called Tiny Care, and they are building the 21st century brand for childcare. And we love that business particularly. I mean, I'm a father of two little kids, and um, and we really think that the childcare experience, particularly in the U.S., is pretty broken, uh, broke from a demand and a supply perspective. So the demand side, obviously, you know, you can't get enough childcare capacity. You don't get the quality you like. And from the supply perspective, it's also hard because many of these uh, childcare providers 
uh, have a hard time really finding, uh, finding affordable rent, particularly in downtown locations. And TinyCare is really solving both problems. Uh, and we really love that business as well. So that's kind of the businesses we invested into. Um, pretty exciting businesses. And the common thread across all of them is that they were um, what we consider either full product market fit or very close to product market fit. Typically in a valuation range between 15 and 25 million pre-valuations uh, with a really, uh, you could see a breakout growth pattern. Uh, and that's always what you would like to you know, catch and, and we really focus on those types of businesses. Interesting. The the valuation numbers you're quoting are series A, series B numbers, right? And the, it's interesting that you're not now experiencing these valuations in post speed. Uh, are you referring to like five or ten years ago when you say series A or series B numbers? Well, that's what I'm saying. That traditionally, those are numbers that you we have seen. Yes, recently we have been seeing these numbers in earlier stages. So that's that's the trend that we are seeing everywhere. You know, the, the ecosystem is fragmented tremendously, and the and the series sizes have gone up tremendously, exactly. even in the early stages. So, yeah. And, and I think you're touching now, upon a very interesting point, Sarmala, there because. You know, one of the main reasons why we chose the post-seed stage as, as, a, as core to our thesis is really, you know, uh, a few big trends that have happened in the venture industry over the past five to ten years. And one is certainly that the A round has kept crepping well, up and, you know, further and further. And you have seen a, a massive fragmentation of the seed stage funding market, right? Starting with seed ten years ago, and then it broke into pre-seed and now into post-seed. And so you suddenly have a totally different funding environment, but we believe that the post-seed stage is a very attractive one. Even if the valuations seem high compared to five to 10 years ago, you get very mature businesses um, mm -hmm. at that stage with a much, you know, with a very different risk pattern from pre-seed or seed investments, obviously. And we think that's a very attractive space to play in. Yeah. Now, um, what have you seen in the last three months? What are the changes? What is the, what are the dynamics? What are the trends? What are you seeing in the deal flow? What's happening in your portfolio? Can you summarize a bit of the disruption era situation? Um, so I would say from a founder perspective, when I, or let's say from a, uh, from a founder perspective who is, who is currently out raising, I really see three types of founders being in the market today. One is um, a founder who is either COVID neutral, I would call it, or COVID benefiting, right? Mm -hmm. So those are founders that raised right now. Uh, the other ones would be what I call like, you know, super founders or stellar founders who can raise at any time. And the third one are really the ones who are desperate to, to raise right now because of the, you know, tough pandemic situation. I think that's that's the type of founders that I see raise right now. And obviously you, you know, um, want to identify who falls into which bucket because the classic, um, you know, let's say um, typical types of, you know, uh, businesses, uh, I think have avoided to raise over the past three months until we get more stability and more clarity on the situation. Um, yeah. I think that has been a big uh, shift I've seen 
over recent weeks and I would say two to three months. And have you seen uh, deal flow that of the other two kinds where people can people have COVID neutral businesses or COVID benefited businesses uh, that are coming through? Yeah. So I think um, when 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 I look at our most recent deal, for example, right? So for example, Tiny Care is a really good example for that. I think Tiny Care falls into bucket two <laughs> because you could argue that Tiny Care or like childcare is impacted by um, by COVID, and it's unclear whether it's actually benefiting from it or neutral. So it's not an easy pitch to make. But in this case, the founder was so strong that you know even in such an environment, he could very easily find uh, very high quality investors and. We we um, we supported that uh, because of the quality of the founder. Um, and what is the background of the founder that makes him so high quality? So he was a uh, a senior leader at Minerva Project before, um, and uh, he had a very very strong leadership background, uh, and also had a very strong founder product fit. Uh, so he has been uh, working also in the childcare space for 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 a long time. And he has been able to also demonstrate that he can very quickly build a very high-quality leadership and advisory team, which are really great indications of somebody who can build a, a sizable business. And we were very impressed by that. Okay. And uh, where are you based normally? You currently must be there, but I right, right now. <laughs> Right now I'm in Austria, uh, where, where, I'm, where I'm originally from, but usually uh, we live in the Bay Area, um, in, um, in Belmont, which is really between San Mateo and Rebus. Yeah. And what is the, um, it seems like there's something intriguing about the name of your venture capital fund. What is the, what is the story? <sighs> Uh, yeah, so Udemy Ventures, it really goes back to a um, to an ancient Greek concept that was originally developed by Plato and Aristotle, and it's called eudaimonia. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not. And uh, the concept of eudaimonia we found is really fascinating because about two and a half thousand years ago, these two great philosophers really asked a pretty fundamental question of what makes for a meaningful uh, an impactful life. And their answer was remarkably simple. Uh, they thought that it's really about making your potential actual. Yeah. So it's about realization of potential. And that's the concept between, behind eudaimonia. Self-actualizing potential. And we love that concept because obviously it goes for humans. Um, uh, it, also goes for technology, right? Because a technology that has potential that's not actualized is really worthless. And um, and when you think about the combination of the two, the human and technology coming together in a startup, trying to make a large and meaningful impact in the world, then uh, it goes for that, um, you know, very much as well. Because of, you know, startup ideas or startup potential are totally worthless as we know. It's all about the execution. And so the combination of those we felt is a really good philosophy to um, to have, uh, you know, the, 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 the firm revolve around. And it's really our mission to make potential action. And you will actually find it as our slogan on the first page of our website as well for that reason. Very nice. 
Raoul, it's a pleasure. Very nice to meet you. And one of these days we'll meet in person after all this craziness is over. <laughs> I very much hope so. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. It was a huge pleasure. All the best. Stay safe.